Hello and welcome. I'm Alexander. And I'm Simon. We're still knee deep in tech, and this is episode 34, recorded on the 20th of February 2018. Yes. We have gone away. <laughs> yes, we are in the beautiful town of Jönköping. Jönköping, which is give or take 75 minutes south of Linköping. Where we usually reside. Where we usually are. Correct. Yep. So, what are we going to talk about this week? Plenty of stuff. Let's start by our tra- upcoming travels. Yes, let's. The uh, the um, Simon and Alex tour of 2018. Yes. I'm going to Scotland tomorrow, actually. Tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow. Wow. Flying to Glasgow tomorrow okay. for two user groups. First of all, the Glasgow Azure user group. Gaug. Gaug. And then the tech user group meet up on Thursday. And the tech user group, that's a conglomerate of different yes at groups. I believe it's six different user groups. Wow. We meet up and have a full day of interesting content. Cool. Uh, and y- just to, and this is something that's actually surprised me a bit. Do mm-hmm. you know how many that will attend the, Glas- the Glasgow Azure user group tomorrow? Um, 35? 70. It's sold out. So it's a huge user group. So I, I'm a user group with 70 people. Yes. Wow. So I'm super excited for that and will be really nice to meet up with the crew uh, and Sarah, who's the organizer, who's huh? now a cloud solution architect with Microsoft. Really? Yeah, which I find quite interesting. And for you, who we, we can have the discussion on cloud solution architects and cloud solution managers and in another episode, but mm-hmm. that's something new that Microsoft is introducing, which I find quite interesting. But is she actually, she's going to work for Microsoft as a full-time employee? Yes. Oh, cool. And also, the week after that, I'll also be doing an an online session with the Edinburgh PowerShell DevOps user group. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Scotland all in. Scotland all in. But you're not going to be in Scotland for the Edinburgh? No. Right. That will be online. Okay. You're coming back and doing that one from home. Exactly. Okay. Cool. There you go. If we keep going on that track, I just found out yesterday that I will be going to the Intelligent Cloud Conference. Congratulations. Thank you very much. In Copenhagen in the uh, last days of May. Yep. So I'll be delivering the uh, SQL Server Hates You session (laughs) again, which is kind of exciting. It's And that's the developer. Yes, it is the developer-centric session, definitely. Very, very fun to do. Always get a lot of interesting questions. Yep. And it's always interesting to speak to people that is not my usual crowd. Yeah. Uh, very different views on things, so I can learn a lot. Yeah, and, I, and that's still something I argue at every talk I'm, I'm giving, that if I get a question I can't answer, that's a valuable session for me. It is indeed. Yep. Uh, it is indeed. Okay. So moving on. What's new in the world of SQL and Power BI? Um, lots. <laughs> primarily, no surprise. No, <laughs> primarily the uh, the fifteenth, just a couple of days ago. Yep. There were new releases of SQL Operations Manager. Yep. Uh, that's still in preview. Yep. But new stuff. Uh, I haven't seen a complete list, uh, but they they add more and more features all the time, pretty yep. much. So it's it's coming into prime, and that's the equivalent of Project Honolulu for SQL, right? No, maybe the it's a web-based console. No, 
no, no, no, no, no. That's something else. Yes, yeah, this sorry. this is a a um, cross platform management interface. Yeah, yeah, but that that's the thing. Okay, but it's not web based, but no. it's a single pane of glass to manage your SQL environments across platforms and clouds. Yes, yes. and not only SQL environments. No, it is going to be able to to manage um, Oracle, PostgreSQL, and yep. stuff like that going forward. So it's it's an interesting toy. It kind of feels a slightly different niche than the uh, Management Studio, yep. which also was released in 17.5 on the 15th. And I recommend everyone and their cat to download SSMS. Yep. Uh, always keep up with the latest and greatest version there. So 17.5 is, is the one to go. And this Great. is pretty interesting considering that when I was in, in Norway, I said that the latest version was 17.3. <laughs> and after my session, one of the attendees said, well, they just released 17.4. So I was just about to edit my slides and say 17.4. And now it's going to be 17.5. <laughs> but that's part of the fun, I suppose. So that was the new releases. Power BI, new stuff every month. Uh, uh, we still have a, a while to go before the uh, March yep. version. I'll get back to that one. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And speaking about Honolulu, we last week got a new... Last week was the preview week, basically. Yeah. Uh, so last week we received a new build of Windows Server and a new build of Project Honolulu. Mm-hmm. The interesting part, which I just realized, what's new in build 17093 for Windows Server? There are no features in this build. No new features in this build. So it's just a stability improvement? Kind of. They only <laughs> they only state uh, known issues. We were bored, so we pushed out a new build. Yeah, I guess it's, it's a fully patched release. All right. Uh, Honolulu, on the other hand, introduces a lot of new visual improvements. And things like when you manage a machine that does not have the Hyper-V role, you previously saw like pre- virtual machine and virtual switches tools, even though they weren't available. All right. So lots of small fixes. And they've also added support for Hyper-V host settings. Oh. So they are introducing new features. They are improving the performance, accessibility, high availability, localization, and so on. Nice. So lots of new features, and they are really putting up the pace there as well. Look at Honolulu if you haven't looked at it yet. That's That will be the future of server management and server workloads. And okay. you can get rid of your MMCs in a couple of years. In a couple of years. Yeah, okay, probably. so it's pretty much the, the, the end of DLL hell as we see it. Exactly. Cool. Yep. Not too, too, not too early. Exactly. We also had a new, awesome, one of the biggest technical preview releases of Config Manager. Okay. Yet. So 18.02. Right. So what's the big fuzz about? Listen to this. Windows 10 in-place upgrade task sequence over the internet using Cloud Management Gateway. Internet as in the actual the, internet. The actual internet. So you're able to run your upgrade task sequence on an internet-based client using the cloud management gateway in this preview. Wow. That's quite awesome, to be honest. And it shows where we are going. However, you can always argue that 
Of course, there are benefits of it. Mm -hmm. But if you have an internet-based client, what are the pros and cons of managing it with a task sequence and a cloud management gateway compared to using Intune in co-management, for example? Mm -hmm. So you always have that discussion, but to have the ability to do it is super cool. You also have installed user-available applications on Azure AD joint devices. So you can deploy an application to a user locally in your config manager's environment. Uh And an Azure AD joint device will see that application in its software center and be able to download and install using config manager on the internet again. Cool. Yep. It certainly adds a few new tools to the toolbox. Exactly. They are also introducing new reports, new... You're actually able to inventory your autopilot device information. So if you have Config Manager today, you would like to transition to Autopilot, you will be able to fetch your device IDs using Config Manager. Oh, that simplifies things. Yes, it does. And more support for ARM64 devices, which we will discuss later on. Right. So um, more, uh, you can now add a new primary site server in passive mode to your standalone site for high availability, remote site server content library, so you can move that away so you have a much more high available solution for Config Manager. They are also improving one of my favorite features, phased deployments. So you can actually automate your phased deployments using the Config Manager console. That's interesting. Since we've had that discussion and you asked for that specific feature. Yeah, they had it, but now they've improved it. Okay. So they are working on it. Right, right. And you're also getting support to use your boundary groups, which could be Mm -hmm. uh, subnets, SQL ranges, or whatever, to configure delivery optimization, which is the new peer-to-peer feature which you can use to distribute content. You have previously been able to set up your delivery optimization groups Mm-hmm. using a, a, a group setting. So you configure your own groups depending on Azure AD groups or whatever you would like to use. All right. But now you can leverage your already existing boundary groups to use this. All right. So lots... And, and you also get a new product lifecycle dashboard for your Microsoft hardware. So they are really bumping up the support for Surface devices in Config Manager. You have so many great features for Surface devices in Config Manager, which you can't get with any other hardware vendor. Out of the and I, I need to ask you there, do you think they are going to, for lack of a better word, open source that so you can jack in Dell, Lenovo, Asus, whatever? No, I don't think so, to be honest. It's It's... You, you can write your own plugins for it. And I know that some some MVPs and some um, organizations have done that to get some of the same features in Config Manager for other hardware vendors. So there, there is nothing specifically keeping you out. You no. just need to do the work yourself. Yes. And that's going to be... Uh, well, if you're Dell, if you're Lenovo or whatever, it, you're going to want to do it. Kind of, sort of. They they have their own solutions to do the same thing, which they probably would like to use instead, their online portals and so on. I would say that Dell probably would... 
prioritize AirWatch integration first of all. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're you're able to do. There are some plugins. There mm-hmm. are some plugins for warranty follow up for different hardware vendors and so on. Yeah, but not with the same level of integration as you get with Surface devices. Okay, fair enough. And they are pushing Surface devices harder now than they ever done before. They are really bumping up the pace on how to deliver it to organizations and enterprises. Which kind of reminds me, we um, we both have had Surface stuff for quite some time. Yes. I had a lot of issues with my Surface 3 Pro. Yep. Uh, you've had some issues with yours. Yes. And I've read about graphics issues with the new Surface Pro. With the new one as well. Yep. Yep. As in, if I put it in the freezer, it works another 30 minutes. That <laughs> kind of issues. So, what do you? Th- what is your opinion on where are we with the maturity of the Surface line? Are we getting there or are they still bleeding edge and kind of falling over themselves? I think they're getting there. They The challenges they have previously, and it's easy to blame someone else, but it's it's been an Intel issue first and foremost. They have okay. the same issue on every machine which runs Skylake, for example. It's it's just that service been on the bleeding edge and got right. everything first. Right. And then it fixed it for the different hardware vendors. They are getting there. I think it's important to remember what form factor to use in what specific purpose. So you probably shouldn't use a Surface Pro to do heavy graphic lifting stuff. No, but I would like my Surface Pro not to break down whenever yes. I try to do yes. a web page. I actually haven't heard about that. Really? No, no. and the thing is, I, as always, when you read stuff on the internet, yep. there is bound to be some creative opinions. Yep. And of course, you always see the the people with issues. Yep. You don't see everyone who's waving. Yep. And of course, you will get some challenges and they still have a much smaller output of devices than yes. any other hardware vendor. The, the volume is, is way, yep. way... So they're, they're getting there. It's a mature line. I feel confident in recommending organizations to go for Surface mm. because they, they are still brilliant devices. And on that... Surface Pro actually turned five last week. Really? February 15, 2013. Why does everything happen on the February and the 15th? <laughs> I mean, Every- the the, uh, the releases that I spoke about, 15th, five years Surface Pro, yep. 15th. Huh, there you go. Yep. Cool. Five years. Yeah. I still remember when our tame Finn, Mr. Holopinen, brought his first Surface Pro. I that's probably the first time I saw his eyes twinkle. Yeah, but that was a revolutionary device, and it was a revolution that that his eyes twinkled too. Yeah, but it's it, that, it, it was in a thousand pack of beers. Yeah, pretty much. But it it still is kind of revolutionary. It is. Yeah, it's it's still still a great device. Yes, and I I love my Surface Pro. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a HP Setabook to get the performance from it but i'll still use my surface i hope to get a new pro or the next surface to have as my primary visual device and just use this the setabook as a workstation or mobile data center the behemoth is is your server farm so i would love a surface pro or the next iteration of surface pro with like an i3 or an i5 like a lower grade Mm. to get rid of the active cooling 
to get massive amounts of battery life and so on. But I'm also looking at an ARM device, of course. Um, do you have any idea when an, the next iteration of the Surface line is going to come out? No, I guess that's fall, autumn. Okay. Yeah. But it is that close anyways? Yeah, they, they get a, you get a new one every year. Oh, okay. So we'll probably, we could see a new Surface Studio earlier than that. Uh, speaking of the Surface Studio, that kind of fell off the earth. I haven't heard anyone say anything about the Surface Studio for quite some time, which is a pity. It's, it's, yeah, a, it's, a, niche, it's a niche device. It they is are a niche selling, device. They are selling okay. They are? Yeah, they are. But it's a niche device and they are expensive. Yes. But it's a brilliant device. I would love to have one on my own. Except for the hard drive. Except for the hard drive. And yeah. that's one of the things they probably will change yes. in the next one. Right. Okay. Can I just have one more preview? Of course you can. Yes. We also got uh, two new Insider builds last week. Two? One for RS4, so the new, the next release. But we also got our first skip-ahead release for RS5. Oh. Unfortunately, the skip-ahead is full, so you can't join it at this point. Right. Because they, there are still people from the last skip-ahead release that's still in skip-ahead. Right. So... That's released, so we have, first of all, the 17101 for fostering and build 17604 for skip ahead for RS5. Uh, and they basically get many of the same features, so no new emojis. What What's the state of these things? Are they, you turn it on and your, your machine blows up, or do they actually work? They work okay. It's still, <laughs> okay. It, they are, it's still fostering. You will get some challenges, of course. Ah, so it might be... Um... Yep. Exciting. Yep. But exciting is good. Yeah. So we have new a new feature for Windows 10 Pro for workstations. We haven't discussed that skew. No, we haven't. We were just uh, kind of... Huh? Yep. But to quote your favorite quote, power! We need more power! That's Jeremy Clarkson, if you didn't catch that. It is a pity that people can't hear my open <laughs> mouth. But yeah, okay. Because we have a new power scheme for ultimate for oh power, yeah so I read ultimate about that. performance. That's um, and that's going to melt your CPU, right? Probably. Mm. They've added more focus for productivity out of the box applications. So instead of getting Candy Crush on your Pro Four workstation, you will uh -huh. have productivity focused apps. And a few new fixes and so on after the bug bash. Right. Uh, we also have a new app preview program and so on. So you can get previews of your new apps up on top of a new release of your Windows. Oh. Yep. So plenty of new things. Now they are probably focusing on fixing stability, fixing bugs and so on for the new release. Which is expected at? I would say it's expected... March? No. Beginning April. or middle of April. They okay. will finalize it in March, but they will probably release it middle or beginning of April. Okay. As they usually do. Um, since we've had the discussion, or I've spoken to you about the, the staggered nature of the releases of the different Windows versions. Yep. And my wife's got a fairly ancient Asus computer that takes forever to get the new release. Yeah. 
where is the surface line in the queue? Is it in the front or where is it? They get it fairly early, mm -hmm. but we have seen with the latest release, they actually had to wait for like a week after release. So other hardware received it earlier than the surface line. Okay. So in a way it makes sense because yeah, Microsoft can of course test it, mm. but that's really the point they shouldn't do. And then it makes more sense that the more devices that are out there, so look at the HP lineup for 840, 850, 830, yep. they will probably get it earlier because more people test and you build on it, but then you have surfaced it. So it, they get it fairly early, but they necessarily don't get it first. Okay, fair enough. And also it, it's dependent on the the components inside of the machine because if you have like again, Intel network cards, they yeah. will be tested probably more than a Broadcom one or mm. whatever. Mm. So they get it early, but they do not need to get it first, which you could have expected, but that's not the case. Okay, fair enough. So what do we have more in, in You store? saw something. We need to discuss the Windows 10 on ARM. Yes, article we do. Article that Turoth uh, released. We do. That was that was interesting. I just saw it on on uh, Slashdot very quickly, but the thing that kind of jumped out of at me was no support for x64 stuff. Yep. And that was that was interesting, and we kind of got to talk about it. And you weren't that surprised. I'm I'm a bit surprised by the x64, the lack of x64 support, because the ARM platform is x64. No. It's ARM64. Yes, ARM64, not x64. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. So um, what, it, what it says is 64-bit apps will not work. Yes, Windows 10 on ARM can run Windows desktop applications, but it can only run 32-bit. That would be x86 desktop yep. applications. And the documentation doesn't note this, but support for x64 apps is planned for future release. Yep. So where where what's his source for this? I don't know. Yep, we need to look into it, but it's still thorough, so it's probably it is well-informed. So yes. Yeah, so that that's in a way a bit of a shame, because when they showed off Photoshop at the first, like, view of ARM, mm -hmm. Windows on ARM, you would have expected it to be the 64-bit version of it. Sure. Then again... It's, it's still a phone operating system. It is still a phone operating system, correct. And you don't necessarily need a huge amount of memory. No. So I'll reserve judgment on this one. It's going to be interesting. And considering what you're probably going to be using this yeah. ARM you, thing Yeah, you need for, to remember that as well. Yes. It's a super mobile device. You would be, they showed off Photoshop to just view that it can run a standard x86 app, mm. apparently. Yep. But you won't use it for Photoshop. But one thing that was kind of disconcerting to me was that you cannot use any utilities that modify the user interface, such as assistive technologies. Yeah. At the moment. At the moment. And of course, this is, as you, you very aptly pointed out, this is probably a driver issue. Yeah. And you might be able to add drivers for ARM to get your stuff to work. Yes. But uh, and, and of course it, it is another it is another process of family. Yeah, and again, this is the first release. Yeah. Only the ability to actually make this work is a revolution. And yep. you will be 
able to do so many awesome things with it looking at the the lack of active or the, the that you don't need active cooling that you can get in them super light super thin with 20 hours of battery life did you see the numbers for the new uh, snapdragon you tell told me a bit about it yep i'm hopefully getting that in my new phone you should yep. and around 30 percent better gpu performance yep. just out of the box yep. around 10 to 15 percent better cpu performance out of the box yep. and this is all with lower power consumption yeah so it is quite a substantial upgrade yeah and you should be aware of the new the new arm devices that's been released they are running the 835 yes yeah and so the next version of them will be running the 845 exactly i I guess that that's when we really will see like mid-range arm devices performance wise probably i'd say that the 845 would be the high end yeah, but but compared to Intel equivalents. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. True enough, true enough. Or AMD. Yeah. Okay, I did something that kind of scared me a bit, <laughs> and this is one of the things that I've been talking about for ages, and now I've actually done it. Yep. You remember back in the the um, late Stone Age when I put out my um, well, I actually I started my blog with a few basic settings for SQL Server. Yep. And then I went ahead and created a session around it. Boring is stable, stable is good. Yep. And I've always said that I wanted to collate all of that into a set of pages and keep everything in one place. Well, I've done it. I finally compiled everything to put it on on my my, uh, site. So whenever I do the session, I always point people back to this site to give them all the the information that I talk about. And I am going to create a script or a a few parts of a script in PowerShell to do not all of the things since it's not technically possible right now. But I'm working towards being being able to do all my uh, basic settings and my, my best practices with PowerShell. Yep. It kind of forces me to learn PowerShell better than I can that's and useful it is very useful yeah. and i'm quite sure that um, i'll be able to enlist uh, the help of a few friends yeah probably y- yep. you have a few friends i do you have a few friends with beards as well i do yeah and beard and powershell always gets along definitely and and beer <laughs> and beer <laughs> you say that beer gets along with powershell and beard yes interesting it is so what's this mixed reality and, and rental hole and stuff? Yep, they've done an update for mixed reality. So they've now announced HoloLens to new countries. Oh, yeah, yeah. Singapore and United Arab Emirates. Mm-hmm. So now they are actually... The HoloLens is available in 41 markets. And that's quite interesting for a product that doesn't weren't supposed to be sold at all. No. Yeah. Uh, you're also able to rent HoloLenses to try them out in your organization if you are living in the, in North America. So okay. Then you're able to rent one, which in my view makes sense. It does. I mean, it's a quite a substantial uh, buy-in. Yeah, it is. It and, is and expensive. You really need a couple to get the value of it. You can, of course, develop with one, but to get the best 
user experience, you really should have more than one. And you need hands-on experience yeah. and time with yeah. them before you start to realize the their, their yeah. worth. Exactly. They've also announced a new mixed reality headset from HP, a professional edition of it. Okay. So they will make it better for some industries, mm -hmm. especially engineering product de development and design, architect and engineering and construction, and maintenance, repair, and overhaul. So they are making it more vertically specialized. So what what kind of equipment is that? Is it um, wireless, just like the... No, it's wired. It is wired? It's a, it's a wired. All the mixed reality headsets are wired. Okay. So you need a computer for it, and you also get the the rem hand uh, hand remotes. Oh, okay. That you can use. Um, so it's actually awesome looking as well. It's black. It's black. And, okay. and with HP, that's quite interesting because they actually have a virtual reality computer with a vest. With a vest. Yeah. So you can actually carry it as a backpack with oh. two uh, battery packs that you can change during uh, hot swap the battery packs and it is big ass battery packs yeah so it's that a, is useful yeah it's useful so you get the your entire power on your back mm -hmm. with a vest with interchangeable battery packs so you actually can use it for an extensive amount of time would you want to use a mixed reality headset for an extended amount of time it depends i, I don't know if you get used to the feeling but it's still vr I I think you would. I mean, some um, technical work with huge machines such as turbines or, yep. or ships' engines and stuff, it's going to be a while, and you're going to need... Yeah, but would you use a VR headset? Because VR, this, no. Yeah, this is AR, mixed, yes. This is mixed reality. It's not AR. You can add some oh. parts of it, but it's, but it's a virtual reality. Oh, that's a whole different kettle of fish. Yeah. Interesting. But still, you, you would be able to do parts of it. It's still, as far as I'm aware, more advanced when it comes to moving around than an Oculus Rift because you don't need, like, the, you, you with Oculus and so on, you place out small... Oh, like, the, the localizers. Yeah, the localizers. You don't need that with mixed reality headsets because you have everything in the headset. Ah, I see, I see. So you are more mobile with it so you could use it for product development and so on but it, there are still it's actually interesting we have a colleague that's deep into VR AR and so on and when to use what is something many organizations really should looking into why and when should you use VR why and when should you use AR what are the real benefits of it and so on this this um, reminds me a lot about the big data discussion. Yep. Everyone's, everyone and their mother wants big data. Sure, but what, what are you going to use it for? Exactly. Okay. Yep. There we go. It is actually time to end the show. Yep. That was quickly this time. Yep. Lots to, of things to talk about. And we'll see when we are able to do the next episode. I'll be out traveling for the rest of the week. I'll be having actually holding the first day of a course next week. Oh, there you go. And so on. So we'll see when we are able to get together and have our next session. But we will be back. We will be back. And thank you very much for listening. Bye. Have a good one.